song everybody wanna sing Bring harmony and be the chosen one Ain't nothing gonna stop this Ain't nothing gonna stop this fire another edition of the weekly lawn and garden show for those of you that are tuning in for the first time thank you and welcome aboard the soul train for the next hour maybe more i will be your entertainer my name is matt i go by the grass factor on the youtube uh the last name martin and i have a little bit of experience in the lawn care industry from the professional uh, bulk side of lawn care, I would tell you I was not. I was not a. Uh, there was a lot of things I did do and a lot of things I didn't do in the lawn care industry. But I started in golf, made my way over to lawn care, fell in love with it, and I never could leave. That's just kind of how it is. So I spent. I'm on my twelfth year in the green industry. Uh, I guess this would have been eleven in um, in uh, straight up in lawn care. If I was still doing lawn care, now I am a fertilizer manufacturer. I am uh, one of the founding members of a company called Carbon Earth Company. For anybody that's ever used Carbon X or X Green or any of those products, that was indeed uh, the effort of myself and another man by the name of John Borden. We put that together, and uh, so here we are. This show I like to host on weekends every Sunday for as many Sundays in a row as I can and uh answer questions from the gen pop about whatever questions you may have really i use this as an excuse to come and hang out with people especially now during the covid crisis i uh <laughs> it's my opportunity to talk to people in the world outside of what goes on in my house i wanted to come on a little bit early my kids went to bed a little bit early it's my daughter's birthday happy birthday to miss lilia she, uh, oh, Kenny, no reason to start right now, sir. My daughter turned four, the big four. So that was, uh, that was a good time. We actually had to, um, we actually had to, what did we do? We Zoomed, we Zoomed her birthday party with my parents and 
bunch of family friends and stuff so it worked out pretty good the way this show typically works is it is an open format meaning you ask questions i provide provide answers this is dictated by the viewer zach i will get your question here here in a minute in fact since you've already asked it twice i will point you in uh the right direction because i've actually already done a video that is pretty in-depth about growth regulators so for the time being since you seem you seem a little stressed out about it so i'll go ahead and throw it up there so like i said the way this typically works is uh, you provide questions i will provide answers to the best of my ability note I am human. I do make mistakes from time to time. So please don't hold it against me in the event that I do. It'll be all right. We'll, we'll all get through this together. How do I kill Dallas grass? Buddy, I need way more information than that. Where do you live? What kind of turf type are you dealing with? I need those two questions answered. And then I can tell you exactly how to kill Dallas grass. We're going we're gonna to get through this together, everybody, okay? I'm telling you right now, we are going to get through this together. But like I said, in order to get through this, I do need input from you. I need questions from you. Now, I'm going to move on to that part of the show I like to call Roll Call. I forgot to start the whole stream of what I normally do. What's up, YouTube? All right, now we can officially get going. Now, first and foremost, we had in the chat Mr. Kevin Shepard, some beach. Man, number one in your hearts and number one in the show. Jimmy Lewis was in here early. What's up, JL? Gibby, my man Gibby. Brian Morales is in the house. Andy's Lawn Care and Outdoor Adventures was coming in right there. Top five. Rounding it out. Matt says, favorite day of the week. I appreciate that. That's awfully kind of you. I see you're down there in Oklahoma and Bermuda, and I'll tell you real easy, tribute totals. Start applying in the fall. Tribute total is the easiest way to kill it. In fact, it's more effective than MSMA. So, that's 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 the way to go about it. And if if you do spray MSMA, uh, I'm gonna go down a huge tangent about why you shouldn't. And if you want me to go down it, I can, Matt. Um, you know, and I, and I'm not I'm not doing it to pick on you by any means, not at all. Uh, but there's important things that need to be said about MSMA that uh, if if you think it's okay to apply, I'll tell you the reasons why it's not. And it's not quite for the reasons you would think. Uh, Sam Man's Dreamland, what's going on, big dog? The Lawn Stripes was here. John Benefield, how are you, sir? Nicholas Jasmine, what's up, dude? Pool man, hey, that's what I'm talking. Another tradesman in here. We got Rob Wright, David Hensel, Aaron Taylor, Lucas Shelton, OSU Turf Man, the king of sports turf. Right, yo! Mike Honcho, Mark Maccioni, what's up, dude? Gary Evans, Gravy Lookout. Been trapped inside with the weekend, with the whole weekend with the fam. I was starting to lose it earlier. I'm better, better now. Glad you're here, sir. I'm glad you're here. Joshua Howard said, "What about Dallas grass in South Carolina for fescue tribute total? Uh, if you need a little oomph with it, maybe add in a little bit of a claim or a little bit of fluazofop, also known as um, uh, over the top ornamec over the top. Uh, those those would work extremely well." All right, so I think I, I, I'm, the questions are starting to come in, and I'm starting to get a little animated. So uh, I'm going to start here, and then I'm going to work my way up. If I do not get to your question, understand I'm on a 20 to 30 second delay. I will get to your question, and I typically answer them for 
it, the, the order that they come in. So understand that you may ask a question now. It may take me 10, 15 minutes to get to it. But stick around. Don't go nowhere because I am going to get to it eventually. I've run this show all the way until I get done answering all the questions. How about them apples? If i got to be here for two hours, I'll be here for two hours. I ain't scared. I ain't worried about a thing, baby. I ain't got nothing but time. I ain't got nothing but time for the viewers for now until it's until I run out of questions. I had to bring the chair up a little bit. Okay. Okay. He said he would like more information about MSMA. All right. MSMA, monosodium methane arsenate. It is an arsenic compound. And unfortunately, one of the issues we run into is if you are using an arsenic compound, that does not look good especially its ability to run, move into water, accumulate in the soil. All of that looks bad. So what has happened is the EPA it, it banned it from lawn care, from, from all uses except for right-of-ways in certain instances and golf in, in certain instances. If we are to go against it and continue to be the biggest purchasers and appliers of MSMA, you know what they're going to do? Not only will they pull MSMA completely out of manufacturing production, it paints the picture to the EPA and other agencies that we're not allowed, we're not able to take care of the privileges we have. Therefore, we shouldn't have access to anything. Look at what's happening right now with imidacloprid. Is imidacloprid the big issue? No, it's, in, uh, it's, it's inability to follow labels. Inability to follow labels is, is all the whole problem with imidacloprid. Do you know how the whole imidacloprid argument started? Somebody was spraying Bradford pears up in the Pacific Northwest while they were in full bloom. Smoked. The, the, the owner of the company came out and the, the, had a parking lot full of dead bees. That's how the whole thing started. So, so... It would be the same thing with MSMA. If people were to continue to apply it and then you start testing for arsenic, whether it's arsenate or arsenic, whether it's an organic or inorganic form, doesn't matter. It's all going to show up on the same test. And then you know who's going to have to suffer from it? You and I. You and I do. And I don't know if you're a pro applicator or not, but if you are, uh, then you are the one who's going to have to suffer. For a homeowner, it's just property rights, right? Nah, they took it off the market. I'll figure it out a way. But for me, it's how I make a living. That's how I provide for my family. And it's another tool that's been removed from my toolbox that allows me to separate myself from my competition to have a viable business. So if anyone that's listening wants to continue to apply MSMA, don't. Just don't. Don't do that. Don't be that irresponsible. And if you do want to do it, sure as hell, do not tell anybody about it. But I will warn you, you get caught doing it, you are screwed. Screwed. Not only from, from that fact, especially if you're the applicator or you're the person that is, is making the applications and it starts showing up in water, not good. Not good. When arsenic starts showing up in water in big concentrations, guess what? They're probably going to start looking pretty aggressively. Do you want to carry that burden? Do you want to be the facilitator of the whole reason why more and more lawn care products get pulled off the market? Because ultimately, that would be the burden that you wear by participating in it. So, 
That's the information on MSMA. There's a reason why it's not labeled for residential and professional use anymore. And it's because it's, its privilege was abused. And so they took it away. And if we can't demonstrate that we can follow those directions, they're going to go right down the list of everything that's quote-unquote controversial. You know what will be next on the list? If MSMA ends up being fully pulled, you know what's next on the list? 24D. And then after that, probably Dicamba. I know, I know, I know you are, Matt. Now, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not picking on you because, I, you know, I, I guarantee you there's other people in here that don't know. And so I have to have this talk every now and again just to remind people of the reality that we're going. For those of you that don't know, I, have, I had done a video about lawn care being banned. And you should see the environment, environmental people involved that say, it should be. And the guy I interviewed is just another lawn care guy. He owns a lawn care business who's just sticking up for what he does. And everybody's saying, oh, he's a, uh, what, what were they saying? Oh, it was, it was beautiful. Oh, he's, he's a lobbyist. I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. This guy is purely, he's just another Joe Schmo lawn care applicator that sticks up for his industry. How are you going to say he's a lobbyist? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, so here's this video here. Feel free to read some of the comments of all the environmental people that, that just go absolutely insane in the comments. And I fight with them, and I'm not very nice about it either. And I try and stay with a very scientific approach for my arguments. Uh, but the rea what was that? But the reality of the situation is this. Nobody cares about the science. The problem is, is that everybody becomes so, um, uh, what's the word? cognitive dissonance, you know, so emotional about it that all science goes right out the window. And so there's, there's no longer a, a common ground to, to reason with anybody. If anybody wants to check out what I do every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m., I host a two-hour show on TurfsUpRadio.com. There's more hosts on it than just me. I recommend you check it out. I get deep, deep into the weeds, deep into the science. Behind everything on Mondays, I have a, a whole section dedicated to, uh, we do multiple segments with um, uh, Pick the Doc's Brain, where I have one of the elites in lawn care on, and it is open to the public for you to ask questions, and I'll provide them right there on air live. So I recommend everybody check that out. If you ever want to learn anything about phosphorus and potassium, I had some pretty, pretty in-depth um, conversations about it this week. Maybe you're thinking, ah, oh, man, I can't, I can't tune in at that time. No problem. Guess what? I also upload it as a podcast. So if you're into that kind of thing, I'll tell you what you can do. You can hop on over here. Maybe I'll figure this out. You can hop on over here. And uh, I post it right there. Maybe you use Apple Podcasts. Well, I'll post it on Apple Podcasts too. So you can check it out there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, now I'm going to move up, and I'm going to try and take these questions a little bit one by one. 
Uh, I think this is the first one. Uh, Zach Provencher said, any word, work on, word on growth limiters? Looking at spraying some on all of my 0.5 cut areas and stuff I string trim. Yeah, uh, it depends on which, uh, which, um, which growth regulator you like to use. TNEX is probably the most broadly labeled one, followed by a new. A new is going to be the second most broadly labeled one. Look at this. I got a good job, Matt. Hey, thank you. I think I think that may be I think that may be Lala. Lala, if you're watching, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh yeah, and and you know, get it down before the surge growth starts and then use a uh I, I explained it in the video. So I recommend you watch that video, but explain in the video. Kate, stop it, sir. Quit it. What's up, Matt? Got that CX Pro today. Good looking out. Thank you, sir. Is it safe to mix tenacity with speed zone? Yes, by all means it is. And in fact, I like that because think about what's in speed zone. You're talking about two modes of action there. You have uh, synthetic growth hormones. You have um, a, uh, what is it? A uh, PPOI in carfentrazone. And then you add a third mode of action, which is an HPPD inhibitor uh, in tenacity, mesotrione. So that's three modes of actions. That's a very, very effective mix, and I highly recommend you using that to uh, knock out your broadleaf weeds there, Rob Wright. I think that's a great mix. Matt, I have a half a bag of carbon X from last year that clumped up. Any reason why I shouldn't throw it in the garden? Gar uh, garden? Nope, by all means, you certainly can. How long will this coloration last on my Bermuda with tenacity? Uh, upwards of three weeks, depending on the rate you use. It's all variable based on how hard it's growing, what your temperatures are, what your soil temperatures are, how much irrigation it's getting. All of that comes into it. When's the last time it was fertilized? Did you mix any iron with it? Did you do a, an iron uh, application after the fact? Did you do a zinc application after the fact? Uh, all of those can can affect the uh, discoloration with it. So as a general rule of thumb, I would say two to three weeks, and you will be good to go. Joshua Howard, like I told you, with Dallas grass in South Carolina for fescue, uh, Pylex, and especially Pylex combined with something like Acclaim, Phenoxaprop, or uh, uh, Ornamec over-the-top Fluazifop. Both of those combined. Uh, it will take multiple applications, uh, but multiple applications of that running the high rate of Pylex, uh, Topramazone, uh, we'll get that knocked out. St. Augustine Lawn trying to suppress Bermuda. I got ethofumazate plus atrazine. Is there anything else I'm missing? Tips? Uh, no, that's really about got it. I would run it with a surfactant and do it at a lower volume application. So what I mean by that is that you're not applying it like two, three, four gallons per thousand. I'd be running that at a gallon per thousand or less. And uh, make sure you're using fine droplet size uh, nozzles during that application. Matt Martinez, have you done any experiments on peptides of PGR? Does it push roots even more? Um, I have not personally done that, but in in uh, just kind of working out how the product works. So we know the the pept a root hair promoting peptide uh, is going to divert is going to signal energy uh, towards the root system, and if you're using something to suspend gibberellic acid production in the plant then that energy does have to go somewhere. So uh, will it have a synergistic effect and increase it even more? I don't know. Uh, it, if, if you're already diverting energy that way, I'm not sure how a PGR is going to increase it even more. Now, 
with the tighter cellular structure, uh, tighter nodes in the plant, uh, obviously that's not going to have any effect on the peptides. So it just seems like an all around way to focus on both top growth and root growth in the same, same way. Uh, so uh, I like it as, a, as an application, Matt Martinez, but I don't think it's going to push roots even more. Nicholas Polio, certainty used to be labeled for Poetriv in cool season lawns. Now it's not. I don't want to go off label, but why change? I have a client's yard that has been slowly taken over by Poetriv. Thoughts? Uh, the reason why it was taken off is because all of these newer cultivars of cool season grasses, unfortunately, are, are dying due to uh, certainty. Sulfur sulfuron is a known cool season grass injurer. Um, Kentucky bluegrass is probably the most tolerant of it. Uh, fescue and ryegrasses being the least tolerant of it. So just understand that if you do make that application to cool season lawns, you have about a 50 to 75% chance that you're going to kill your cool season grass. Even with Kentucky bluegrass, you probably have realistically about a 30% chance of killing it. Just keep that in mind. Uh, Matt, I got POA. Watched your video, but it didn't seem like you were convinced any of them. Crapshoot with POA? Yeah, kind of. Etifumisate is going to be your best bet for POA annua uh, in cool season grass. If you have warm season grass, there's a million and one different options out there. And I could go down that road for many, many days on the different uh, probabilities and, and which products are going to work best. But uh, really what it comes down to is on cool season grass, yes, spring applications at the fumisate are going to be your best bet. Is it going to be 100%? Probably not. So if 80%, 90% is acceptable for your performance return on investment, then by all means, it's something you can go with. JH says, hey, John T, got here just in time. MSMA talk again. That's right, baby. That's right. I can't, I can't let that go. I'm not going to let it go. Get a little water. JH says, uh, planting to seed Zenus Zorgia this spring. With the seed being so small, can I mix it with 818 or Exoil to help with even distribution? Uh, which would be best if either? Yeah, I would probably do it with X-Green, uh, the 818, uh, to help with distribution. I know someone in North Carolina, my, my big dog, my big dog Chris Elms up there, uh, likes to mix it with his wildflowers when he is seeding wildflowers. Um, and then he's got a little uh, mono uh, 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 mono potassium phosphate he, he puts over his wildflowers that sends them to the moon and uh, absolutely loves that. So I would say 818, you know, closest in, in size proximity to it would be your best bet. Matt, that's unnecessary, sir. I thank you, but that is unnecessary. Seriously, thanks, Matt. Uh, Andy Kelly says, I have Carbonax, X-Ray, and Exo in the arsenal first. Is Alan going to get the X-Stress in store? Two, is the high K for prevention or cure stress? Uh, sorry if this has been answered before. Uh, Andy, yes, it is coming. Uh, we are trying to get everything figured out with that, uh, with that supplier. Uh, in light of everything that is going on and ultimately some uh, change in ownerships of sulfate of potash mines, um, we had... We, we, just, we just need more of it than we can currently get because sulfate of potash is in all of our products. <clears throat> and with it being in all of our products and then all of a sudden having a product like uh, StressX that has, you know, 50% of the product in and of itself is sulfate of potash, we need, we need a lot more of it. And trying to find the right supplier that can uh, keep up with that demand has been a little bit difficult for us because there's only two mines in the United States that supply sulfate of potash. So it is coming. 
We've gone through all the paperwork. We've done, gone through all the forecasting. We're just waiting to hear back when we can start placing orders. It should be any day now. So realistically, it could be a couple of weeks, and then you start to see it out. Um, now, on the flip side of that is, is high K for prevention or curative. Well, it's only for if you are deficient in potassium. So if you take a soil test and you look at it and you see you're extremely low in potassium or not even extremely low, just low in potassium, and you want to do something to bring up your potassium levels, you can purchase a product like Stress X because what happens is, is that you start to see the oncome of stress if you do not supplement with potassium. You start running into deficiency situations, and that's when outside stress begins to take out plants unnecessarily fast. So using a product like Stress X, in the event of keeping you from becoming potassium deficient means a lot of those stress symptoms, yes, you're still going to face environmental stresses. It's not going to prohibit that at all. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that symptoms that would occur from potassium deficiency that could cause stress, you will no longer have to face because you're not going to be potassium deficient. I hope that makes sense. Okay. Uh, where am I? Where am I here? Fescue Freddy said everyone should be a lobbyist for their career when it's on the line. And I'm going to agree with you 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, what are your thoughts on tenacity as a post-emergent for clover and dandelion? Andy's lawn care, not very effective. Uh, will it work? It's, in some, I don't know about dandelion. That might be on the label. Uh, but I doubt it would be all that effective. You'll probably get some whiting out of it. Are you going to get a true kill out of it? Probably not. I wouldn't do that. I would run a three-way or a three-way ester or something like that and just be sure. Don't, don't even leave it to second guesses. If you want to add something to it to make sure nothing escapes, add some carfentrazone or sulfentrazone or tenacity like you state. Uh, should I run a granular fungicide like headway or heritage at the time of seeding zoysia? Should pythium be a concern? This time of year, JH, no. I assume you're, it's going to be a little while before you start doing it. Um, typically, most zoysia seed I've seen is coated in methanoxin, but still, I wouldn't be worried about it unless you are consistently over 90 degrees. If you're consistently over 90 degrees, maybe, uh, but I would not put down headway or heritage. I would put down methanoxin. Um, because that would be the highest probability of fungus, of fungus you would face. Uh, so if, as long as you have your NPK right, though, uh, you know, dollar spot or anything like that is probably out of the question. Uh, I would just focus on methanoxin if you feel like it. But in reality, I wouldn't. I would just, I would just wing it and go for it. Um, awesome show. Love that I get off at 4.30 and get the itch to jump right into the lawn and listen to you. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, let's see here. Is liquid fish fertilizer good for soil and grass or just stick with it for vegetable gardens? Uh, no, you can do it for soil and grass. It's just, there's not really a whole lot in it. Uh, it's good. Um, and it's just, if you start doing the math on it, it's not really doing, it's not really offering anything. So, um, you know, if dollar for dollar, it fits your budget and what you're trying to do, sure. Is it going to outperform any other, any other product you use? No, it's not. Uh, Gabriel Jordan, Matt, love the show, but thrown off my new monitor setup and you staring at the heavens. I know. I, so I got, I had to get new monitors. And so I, I am, I'm staring at the heavens. Let me see if I can move this down here. I mean, let me put it right here. Let me do this. I think this is better, right? This is better. I think I can do this. This is a smaller monitor, so it's a little harder to see. 
but uh, I can I can I can blow this up like this. Hey, how about that? I can read this now. This is actually easy to read. My goodness. Uh, okay. Where am I? Where am I? Uh, Fescue Freddy. Yes, I do. I have I have monitors above me. That's that's what I'm looking at. Matt, what are your thoughts on hydrotain? I think hydrotain is a good product. Do you have any opinions on it? When it would be best to apply in frequency and amount? Please keep in mind I'm Bermuda Lawn and I'm in North Carolina. Matt G, if you live in a portion of North Carolina where uh, you suffer from localized dry spot, then hydrotain would be a good product for you. If you typically don't suffer from it, then it's probably not necessary. Uh, if you have those areas that tend to rock up and become hydrophobic, hydrotain would be a good a good product for you. If you don't deal with hydrophobic, hydrophobic soils, then it's probably not going to be necessary for you. Uh, North Carolina typically gets a lot of rain, so I'm trying to really scratch my brain on when you would use it. I can't personally think of one. As far as the frequency and amount, I don't know the rates on hydrotain off the top of my head. Uh, I would use it at time of seeding from time to time. Uh, in seeding fescue when we're going through like a drought, like for instance, when Gatlinburg caught on fire, I was using it a lot that year uh, just because I couldn't keep the ground wet enough. Um, but outside of that, I never really had a real reason to use it. Um, it's a tool in the toolbox. It's not going to be a game changer. So just keep that in mind. You have to ask yourself, is the cost of it going to be worth the effect of it? And depending on where you are in North Carolina, I'm not sure the cost of it is going to be, is going to offer you the effect of it. But that's ultimately up to you. If you have to stay perfect all year long, no problems whatsoever, can't deal with the brown spot at all, then, yeah, you could probably use it. You probably need to reapply every 14 to 21 days, if I had to guess. Uh, Zach Proventure says, I purchased Edgeless Liquid by Cpro. I haven't read up on it enough to feel comfortable applying it yet. Yeah, I'm not super familiar. I, I am f familiar with uh, Cpro, but mostly only for their biological products. Um let me look up a label real quick and see what the active ingredient is. Uh, and Trinaxipac ethyl. And so this is going to be a twofer in terms of the effect it has on the, on the plant. I'm trying to remember what the trade name is for Fluprimidol. Hang on one second. Let me, let me look here. Of course, I can't copy and paste that out of that PDF. All right, all right, all right. Uh, is this the same thing as Cutlass? Okay, it is. This is the same thing as Cutlass. So, uh, does not inhibit lateral regrowth. Okay, yeah, so Cutlass is a good product. Uh, it, it is strong, so keep that in mind. Uh, it's hard on POA. I haven't used a whole lot of Cutlass, so I'm not going to be, be able to give you a whole lot of information on it. The fact that it's combined with um, uh, combined with Trinaxipac means it's going to be pretty aggressive as far as uh, a plant growth regulator. I wouldn't be scared to apply it. Um, I just, I just kind of run with it. Now, normally what I would do whenever I work, like my first PGR applications of the year, typically what I do is I start at a half rate. And then each application, I may I may bump it up by like 1% or 5% in rate for each sequential application until I get to the level of regulation that I feel comfortable with or I get to label rate maximum. All right, uh, let's see here. 
Lawn pH went from 7.5 to 7.7. Turf tight, tall fescue, Kentucky bluegrass. And I throw down sulfur 50 pounds for 8,000 square feet. What else can I do to get uh, pH lower? Uh, Ronald Parrish, pretty easy. Uh, use ammonium sulfate. Ammonium sulfate is your end source over time. will definitely drop your pH. Uh, that would be easiest. As far as a quick way to get it down, this is not something I, I would recommend for everybody. You could make an application of citric acid, but understand with that, if you do not get that watered in immediately, say bye to your grass. Uh, and typically you'd apply that at like one pound per thousand square feet. Uh, and again, the risk there is that if you do not get it watered adequately, say bye-bye to your grass. Hey, man, I did some frost seeding in February and put down some Scott Starter Plus Nasty three days ago along with some Exoil. What's the earliest I can apply Carbon X? Uh, Dennis, I would wait till it's up to get probably a cut or two on it and then apply your Carbon X. Uh, J Farm said, what's your favorite fungicides for turf type tall fescue? J Farm, you must be new here because I've only done about 50 videos. <laughs> Kidding, man. I'm busting your, I'm busting your, your uh, parts over there. JH, unnecessary, sir. Unnecessary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, my favorite fungicides for turf type tall fescue is a combination. I do not run single fungicides at a time. Uh, I like azoxystrobin and propiconazole combined. Uh, if you want to add a little flavor to it, maybe throw you in a little thiophanate methyl. Now, used to, back in the day before it was banned, I was a big fan of chlorothalonoamancazep, but that's been pulled off residential lawn care for a long time, and I really only got to spray it when I was on the golf course, and those were great because they were awesome contacts and uh, did not develop resistance easily. So now, now the your best bet on a three-mode-of-action fungicide would be thiophanate methyl, um, uh, what was the other one? Propiconazole and azoxystrobin. Matt, can you please explain the benefits of adding sea kelp to my yard recipe? Uh, Matt G, yeah, uh, I can. Uh, so sea kelp contains uh, cytokinins, gibberellic acid, and auxins. Those are plant growth hormones. And so the thought is, and what data traditionally shows, there is a study um, performed by Virginia Tech that after application of sea kelp, uh, specifically when combined with humic acid for about two weeks afterwards, it provides you a little bit of an advantage against the onset of stress and also uh, increased root mass. So uh, in order to fight off stress, that application interval is probably going to be somewhere around every two weeks. Um, you are looking at the equivalent of five grams of actual humic acid. Uh, by mass and uh, I'm sorry, 15 grams of humic acid by max and uh, five grams of kelp by mass was uh, the had the highest efficacy. Um, outside of that, uh, you hit diminishing points of return where it's not really offering you any more effect. And then at higher rates of it, you begin to burn the grass because of the hormone content in the kelp. So there you go. Uh, as far as timing of it, um, Usually the best time to time that it would be like right as you're beginning to experience stress. And then anytime outside of that, it's, uh, you're, you're not really going to be getting a whole lot because at that point, nature is going to be taken over. Uh, Kitty Cooper says effective root hair promoting peptides on weeds and weed control, uh, more root mass on the weeds, harder to kill treat. Uh, could be. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the goal would be is that if you are going to be making applications of this is that you also have a good weed control program in effect first. 
Uh, so once you get a lawn clean, it's pretty easy to keep clean. And then that's when you can focus on your fertility. So the way I typically structure programs, I do not structure a program where I work on the health of the turf first, then controlling weeds. I do it all kind of in conjunction where if I'm having to get aggressive with weed control, uh, I'm also getting aggressive with fertilizer at the same time. So that way, if you apply them both at the same day, guess what's going to be the first one to be taken up? Your weed control. Some of them will require additional applications, but that's fine. If you can get your herbicide in early, you're not having to worry about uh, a lot of the circumventing effects that may come from uh, using something like a root hair promoting peptide. Now, uh, the caveat to that is, is that uh, if you start seeding in a bunch of crap in your yard and then using it to, and then using peptides to grow it in, you have to be smart there. Uh, don't use cheap seed if you're going to be using uh, high-end turf products like that. So, um, yeah, there you go. Uh, I just jumped to the bottom, so let me move back up here. Chris is a great guy. He spent a lot of time with me on my Zorgia program. Very good, very good, J.H. I love Chris. Chris is a man. How often should I use my groomer on my Toro on half-inch Bermuda? Uh, if you're dealing with half-inch Bermuda, I probably wouldn't be using a groomer. Uh, Matt G., what carbonate product would you recommend for a first-time customer ignoring soil test? Uh, probably Carbon X, just if you want to see something. Uh, you can't really go wrong there. Um, even if you use the X-Screen, I mean, you can't really go wrong there either. Uh, if, you, if you're a first-time user, the two products I would stay away, I'd stay away from Stress X, I'd stay away from X-Start. So that gives you X-Oil, X-Green, or Carbon X is your three products. I'd stay away from the others. I threw down chicken feed on my lawn uh, today to give it an organic soil boost. Why? Do you know how many lipids are in chicken feed? Uh, chicken feed is going to be made up of proteins and fats. Uh, ask me how I know. Uh, we, we, we're on a chicken farm. <laughs> I would not be putting chicken feed on your yard unless you're trying to develop an impenetrable lipid layer on your soil. That, I'm not picking on you, Jamie and True Sticker. I'm just telling you, that's kind of silly, buddy. Don't, don't, don't do that. That is, that is not a good idea. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It's just funny. <laughs> don't do that, man. Seriously. Fescue Freddy said, I'd love to get some stress X. I'm pretty low in K and recommend 0060. I was going to run an 818 program this year, but I'm off the charts on P. If you're off the charts on P, you're still only getting one unit of P per eight units of nitrogen. That's not going to be enough to really have an effect. And if you don't apply any P outside of that 818, you're still going to be in a uh, consumption state. So you're going to be lowering your P levels. Uh, Emily Bertram, that's not, that's Colby Bertram. What are you doing, dude? Uh, what weed control product would you recommend for spraying a dormant seeded fescue lawn that germinated about three weeks ago? Uh, I'd probably use a three-way amine. Some, uh, an amine three-way would be good to go. You'll be, you'll be ready to rock and roll. Paul Manicone! What's up, dude? How are you? I put down Scott's with halts for crabgrass, pentamethylin, a month ago. When should my follow-up application be? I have tenacity and dimension on hand. Thank you again. Um, if you did it a month ago, I'd probably give it another now. Uh, and I'd probably go at the maximum rate of dimension, maximum rate with a surfactant. Mike Honcho, what's the Apple podcast? Turf's Up? Yeah, that's right. On Turf's Up Radio. Uh, uh, here, I will post the link again. Uh, yes, the, the, it is a repeat of my shows 
on Surf's Up Radio. Mike R. I said Mike Honcho. There we go. Damn. Uh, Nicholas says, wait, what did you say, Colby? Yeah, we control product. You're talking about post-merger. Yeah, so, yeah, I would say three-way I mean, you'll be fine. Uh, Nicholas, Jasmine, what makes St. Augustine so sensitive to fungus? Is there something I can do beside using fungicide all the time? If you're dealing with, with fungus, first things first, I, there's got, if, if you're dealing with that much of it, chances are something is off. Check your soil samples. I'm just willing to guess you have super, super deficient potassium levels, or you have extremely high pH or extremely low pH. Um, just kind of a guess. I, I don't know. I kind of need more information than that. It, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be all that. Uh, uh, doesn't have to be that sensitive. And we had a question here. It was flagged, but now I've got it. Uh, unflagged it. Uh, Manny Chavez said, how do I deal with neighbors? My neighbor just told me to stop cutting his side in spring. Uh, okay, if you're cutting his side, stop. You know, stay on the property line. Uh, and if he if he continues to to be aggressive about it, I don't know. I I don't know, man. I don't I don't have neighbors. But in the event that ever happened to me as a professional lawn care applicator, where somebody accused me of spraying over the yard, one I didn't spray over in the neighbor's yard ever because of this happening. And if they go start pulling soil tests and see I did spray over there, they could easily prosecute me to the fullest extent of the law. So uh, I just didn't do it. So my best bet would be. Uh, put up some sort of line that's a defined line uh, from a, uh, uh, what do they call it? What's a, a surveyor? So that way you know exactly where everything is and there's no ifs, ands, buts, or about it or guesses. You just, just run with it. Um, let's see. Where's this? Oh, it should die out when it gets hot, right? Yes, absolutely. It should. Unless, unless you're dealing with Poe Trivialis, then it goes dormant when it gets hot. It does not die. It goes dormant. Nicholas said, I've been running Armada 50WDG for my fungicide program. Should I change this? Uh, yeah, alternating it, yeah, with different modes of actions would be good. Or just adding an additional mode of action to it. Armada is a combination of a strobilurin and a DMI. So uh, you're fine to continue running that, but science shows now you need three modes of action. So I would be looking to adding something with that as well. Uh, the lawn fix says question tall fescue in Atlanta fertilized about a month ago with 2903. Should I fertilize again before summer? Uh, I fertilize with what you Yes. Yes, you should. Uh, but that's not really enough information to tell me with what should you go with, a, with another 2903? Probably not. Um, I would probably go closer to a one-to-one -one in decay, like a 1010, 1015, 818, uh, anything like that. I, just to make sure you're not going to run into potassium deficiencies running into summer. Gravy Lookout says, I usually do a preventative fungicide at mid-may to combat gray leaf spot. I have propiconazole, iprodeome, and chlorothalonil on hand. I also want my son to be able to play in the yard. Should I pick up some azoxy and run, run it with the prop? Uh, not necessarily, no. Um, in fact, I would probably combine all three of those, make your application, uh, and water it in and be done with it. Uh <laughs> this is what happens when I follow random tips. Yeah, I, man, do not. Anybody out there that's, that is considering, I don't know, 
I don't know who gave you that tip, but if anybody is considering putting chicken feed on their yard, uh, first things first, look at the contents of the bag, and there is going to be uh, usually a section that that has uh, the lipid content in it or fat content in it. And tell me, tell me, please, please, somebody experiment putting a bunch of it on their yard and tell me how, how it affects the long-term performance of the drainage of your yard. Uh, that, is, uh, that is not a good thing to be applying fats to your yard. Uh, they, they do not, they take an extremely, an extremely long time to break down. Please don't do that. What's up from Los Angeles, Marco Canchola, man. It's funny. Actually, I hear my, mo- my wife in the next room. She's talking to her brother who is in, oh, lushy. I see you over here talking to her brother who lives in LA. Yeah, we were just, we were talking earlier. It's good stuff, man. What's up, Marco? How are you, dude? Uh, what would you recommend for broadleaf control on Bermuda coming out of dormancy? Uh, if, if, if you are, if you are, um, going over, how, how far are you out of dormancy? Like I would probably stay away from metsulfuron methyl, um, in transition. But if, if you're over 50% greened up and you've got warming trends in the forecast without any risk of frost, you can probably get away with it. Um, but, yeah, either that, three-way, never really have any issues with. Uh, even some three-way esters may be a little harder on it, but, you know, a three-way with a little surfactant, you'll be good. Um, I mean, I've, I've sprayed even three-way and simazine on partially you know, in, on Bermuda in transition without any real major effects. So, X green shots, Kevin, Kevin, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm, I'm, this is going off camera, sir. Excellent. Excellent. Um, when is it, uh, does liquid aeration really work? Uh, Eric Kincaid, <clears throat> that's a good question. So uh, I had done a video about liquid aeration, but I was wrong in that video. And what I was particularly wrong about was a, a process called saponification. Saponification is the reaction to forming soap. And typically the reaction to forming soap starts with using potassium hydroxide and reacting it with something with high fat content. If you think about like how, uh, if you've ever been to like a homemade soap market or uh, if you've ever been to an Amish market where they make their own soap and stuff, uh, typically they're using potassium hydroxide and, uh, and, and lard. Uh, or uh, depending on which one you go to, they may be using sodium hydroxide and lard, right? But it, basically it's just a, it's a, it's a really salty uh, caustic material that's been uh, mixed with uh, something that's high in fat. So when you bring that together, it forms like a crude soap, which is gives it like surfactant-like qualities, right? So they all really work kind of the same way. Which ones work better? Um, obviously, the slicker the surfactant, the better it will work. Does it decrease soil bulk density? No. Can it increase the infiltration rate of water? Yes. Is that technically an aeration? No. Does it necessarily provide benefit? Yes. So I hope that answers the question. It's titled liquid aeration, but it's not actually a liquid aeration. It is a penetration. It is a liquid penetrant because you're cutting down on 
the uh, uh, the surface tension of water, therefore allowing it to move faster through through the soil surface. And the way to test it is which one increases your speed of um, your uh, uh, speed of infiltration the most. There we go. When is it too hot to treat sedges in turf type tall fescue fish duck? If you're using a product like Solero or Pro Sedge, uh, it's never too hot. You'll be fine. Southern Style Lawn Care says, what is the best thing to spray if you have weeds coming out of juniper? Uh, if it is a true juniper, you can use glyphosate. Um, if they're broadleaf weeds, you probably stick to hand or certainty. Certainty, I think you can do. Uh, or if it's grasses, you could use uh, fluazepam, ornamec over the top, or fusillate. Any conceal over applying the root hair promoting peptide? I'm currently using running carbonara products for my clients. If you're running carbonara products, the way we designed the entirety of the product line is that you cannot over apply the root hair promoting peptide. If you're applying it as liquid on top of it, there there is, and the uh, the limit there is going to be about two and a half gallons um, of material per acre, and the threshold of two and a half gallons per acre means dead turf. But if you're running a carbonara program at um, at varying rates and staying within the, the label rates of, of typical nitrogen for your turf type, then you cannot overdo it. Nicholas, if you want to shoot me an email, I can verify your program that you're not going to be overdoing it. Popo and Son says, hey, babe, proud of you, sir. Uh, you said Poa annua dies out in the summer. Where is it sprouting from in the winter? Uh, so it, it seeds so aggressively, it is going to deposit a tremendously gigantic seed bank in your soil Every week, every week, every week. If you have one plant of poa, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of seeds. So that's where it comes from. When does it show up? Uh, it begins germinating uh, probably sometime around August or September. It's germinating hotter and hotter and hotter every year, it feels like, or at least every few years to me in my experience. Even when I was in Augusta, Georgia, I was finding it around air conditioners in as early as mid-August. And Augusta, Georgia is hot. Uh, da, 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 da. How do you kill fine fescue in St. Augustine? Uh, I would probably use uh, a certainty, sulfur sulfuron. You'll be good to go. Uh, would you stay away from amine 2,4-D3 weight? No, not necessarily. I think, I think you'd be fine there. Uh, I can't remember your... Oh, no, three-way three amine in transitional Bermuda or 2,4-D amine. Nah, I've got no problems with it. You'll be fine. Are you going to stay in the DIY market? Uh, personally, as as CarbonX, I, it's it's not our decision. It's uh, it's up to uh, Pete and Alan if they want to. Um, you know, the only thing we offered is that if they want to have their own product in the DIY market, we can manufacture it for them. So ultimately, it's up to them. At this point, it's no longer in my hands. It's it's hundred percent out of my hands. It's totally up to them. <clears throat> I have picks of Nutsedge in the OBX today. Probably, I'd say it's about that time. I'm seeing it here in Knoxville. So if I'm seeing it here in Knoxville on the Outer Banks, you're definitely probably seeing it. Lushy! <laughs> Thank you, sir. Hello, Matt. Hey, Matt. Shorefied. Did I say that right? Scorefied. Is that German? I don't know how to say your name. Matt Shorefied. Hello, Matt. I'm going to apply carbon X at three pounds per thousand. Second app, three weeks ago, same rate. Can apply again before summer or wait till it, or wait. I will use a liquid for it during the summer. 
Uh, no, you can totally do it. I don't know where you are. I don't know what kind of turf type you're dealing with. So I'm just going to go on a limb and say yes, because you're definitely not going to kill anything or hurt anything by doing that. Uh, so I'm dealing with a yard that is massive and is a total salad bar full of contractor mix K31 and broadleaf winter annuals, planning on spraying out the weeds and putting pre-em down. Do it, but do I kill off the K31 in the fall and start over? The owner doesn't mind it, and I'm afraid to tell him K31 sucks and it needs to die. Advice? Ha! That's a million-dollar question. So this is, this is uh, man, this is one of those ones where you have to stress that you know what's best for the lawn and say, Listen, as long as we are dealing with K31 as a turf type in your lawn, it's, 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 a, it's a pasture grass. And the whole premise behind this grass is to feed animals. And we're not foraging any animals here. Therefore, we need to go with a turf type variety that's going to offer you a completely different aesthetic benefit. Has the same performance benefits, but it looks totally different and that much better, even if you want to test it in a small area. area. If you test it in a small area and show what the difference is between variety and variety, it's going to be an easy sell. They're going to be like, yeah, I definitely want it to look like that. I definitely don't want it to look like this now. But if you if it's consistently K31 throughout it, right, it doesn't really look like, it's just like, it's just a little lime green. You don't really know how bad it looks until you compare it directly next to a turf type tall fescue. So, my recommendation would be, in that instance, would be show them if you cannot convince them with enough confidence that the K31 needs to go. And then begin making your applications to get rid of it and do your renovation and all that fun stuff. They may say, you know what, no, I'm going to keep the K31, and then you're going to have to become creative in your lawn care program to keep it looking good. Is it doable? Uh, it's nah. You can get it looking okay, decent. Um, it's just never going to be that peak green that true turf-type tall fescue actually gets. Ned Gallick, how are you good, sir? I'm glad to see you're here. Illinois, 90% Kentucky bluegrass fescue rye. Uh, yes, you did well on my last name. <laughs> how about them apples? Yeah, man, you'll be fine. Especially in Illinois, you don't have, uh, yes, you'll be fine. Based on your soil conditions, you'll be good to go. What's up, Turf Therapy? How are you, Ronald Palmer? What is, I mean, what's, what's everybody doing right now? It's, the, the chat is awfully slow. Usually I've got questions for days in here, but I feel like I have gone through this systematically one by one and caught up with it, and it's only 948, and I don't want to go nowhere because I, what else am I going to do? Dennis S. says, Matt, I'm in zone 5B, and I got some dog damage in my back lawn. Would spring be a good time to do some plugging? Uh, in zone 5B, yeah, you can. I would not be as stressed out trying to establish grass in zone 5B uh, in the spring as I would be trying to establish grass in zone 7B or 8A uh, in the spring. It just gets so hot down south that it becomes so much of an issue. So uh, your best bet would be going ahead, just just try it. The the risk to reward ratio there is actually really low. So I think I think you're gonna be good to go. Um Ned said, I screwed my math up and put down 0.6 pounds of in yesterday. Outside Chicago, Fescue, Kentucky bluegrass. Do I have to lay off now till summer? You put down six point six pounds of in? No, that's a normal application. In fact, in some instances, that would be light. Uh most of the guys I know in the in uh, up there are gonna be doing 
uh, uh, one pound, uh, one and a half pounds of in. Uh, and sometimes they may be doing two and a half pounds of in just in the spring. Um, I, turf therapy, uh, uh, I did, I did a very long interview with Rod Marquardt on the podcast, uh, who was giving us the inside scoop on a new, uh, pretty simply it, it works like this, right? So it's another gibberellic, uh, inhibitor, gibberellic acid inhibitor. Gibberellic acid would be the, uh, the growth hormone in the plant that causes it to reach for light. So if you suspend gibberellic acid in the plant, it's no longer reaching for light. Photosynthesis still takes place. And instead of that energy going towards reaching upward, growing upward, looking for light, um, the energy just goes to other processes in the plant, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, it, okay. And, uh, for instance, like tall fescue is going to tolerate higher rates of it. Tall fescue, ryegrass, um, Kentucky bluegrass are all going to take higher rates. So um, the reason why you tend to see the effects that you see on, like, POA with it is that POA becomes sensitive to it at higher rates, whereas fescue, Kentucky bluegrass, and ryegrass are not sensitive to it, and you can apply higher and higher rates and regulate it higher and higher. Uh, so, yeah, you'll be good to go. <laughs> Jay Farm, I did not belittle you. Stop it. You stop it right now. You stop it. Matt, what should I be doing now to help prevent spotted spurs that will be coming in the summer? Uh, that's a good question. Good luck. I, I, you know, maybe, maybe dimension would help. Maybe if you want to wait until like uh, late May, early June, do an application of gallery isoxabin. That would be a big benefit for you. But outside of that, good luck, man. <laughs> There's not really going to be a whole lot you can do. Barry Cavanaugh said, talk to me about peptides. What are they for? Okay. Well, first and foremost, let me stress, they're not for everybody. So the whole premise behind the product and the root hair promoting peptide is that you take a soy-based product and you extract it with an HA12 protease enzyme. Not all amino acids are peptides. Not all, all peptides are amino acids. Not all soy protein hydrolysates are the root hair promoting peptide. Um, not all protein hydrolysates are root hair promoting peptides. It is only the root hair promoting peptide is only a soy-based product that is extracted with the HA12 protease enzyme. So very specific, very few products actually contain it. Um, now, on the flip side, uh, what is it used for? It's used specifically to, it's a signal to the plant, right? So it's a cluster of amino acids that affect the actual amine function within the plant that signal to the plant to divert energy towards the production of both root mass, root structure, and root hairs. So by doing that, what you're actually stimulating is a nutrient acquisition response. They kind of colloquially term colloquially uh, uh, call that uh, a uh, nutrient acquisition response because by sending that root system into overdrive, ultimately you're, you're sending it out and, and allowing it to increase uh, the, the, the nutrients that are being taken up in deeper areas of the soil that may not have been quote unquote tapped yet. So um, that's the premise behind the product. Now, if you talk about it from a stress-based situation, right? Uh, it's pretty simple. So naturally, your root system is going to slough, meaning get shorter in cool season grasses during the summertime. 
And so in order to prevent some of that sloughing from taking place, that's when you would apply a product like the root hair promoting peptide in the summer uh, to avoid that sloughing from taking place. Then you can keep the root system deep enough to stay out of the heat that comes with being in shallower soil, thus inhibiting uh, or slowing the onset of stress. So ultimately, it's, uh, it's similar to uh, kelp in function, but it does not stimulate the plant through growth hormones. It is actually a physical signal to the plant to divert energy there instead of uh, hormonally uh, forcing the plant to grow in a certain uh, response direction. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Is there a way to estimate minimum rates for MPK and micros in cool season turf? Kevin Shepard, yes. Uh, the easy way to do that is to go to Pace Turf and, uh, and look for the climate appraisal program, uh, climate appraisal form. If you're not using a climate appraisal form to estimate the NPK and uh, nutrient requirements of your turf, then you're probably not approaching turf the correct way. Uh, so you can hop on over there, uh, uh, use it, and that will tell you based on accurate historical weather data from your area about what your nutrient demand will be, and you can thus plan your uh, programs accordingly. In fact, you can even input the data from your um, – I just heard a weird noise. Uh, you can even input the data from <clears> – input the data from uh, – what do you call it? Your soil test in there, and then it will even guide you more so into your application. <clears throat> Peptides are great with coffee and beer. There we go. Uh, with the Carbonex, my garage has a unique aroma, and I will say I have the greenest and weedless yarn in the hood. What is a good herbicide for clover and ivy? Uh, I like trichopyr or fluoroxypyr for uh, clover and ivy. That's awesome. I'm glad your lawn looks great. Good deal. Is a weed killer co killer concentrate from Lowe's as effective as Tenacity or a pro product for weeds they target? Uh, yes, but if you look, the rates are completely different. They're typically lower concentration in there, thus require a higher rate, which is listed on the label, but they are the same active ingredient, so you should be fine. Uh, but yeah, 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 you should be fine. Mitch B66, hey, in Nashville. What's up, dude? I'm over here in Knoxville. Trying to decide if it's time to kill this poetry of my turf type tall fescue here in Nashville. If the time is now, what is the process? to best kill it all. A couple separate apps of Goli. Yes, it's probably your best bet. Even still, understand that's only going to be about 60% effective. So understand it's going to take multiple years to get rid of it. And so when you're ready to do it, go ahead, start, get going, and just bite the bullet, deal with the pain, and run with it. Uh, do pre-emergence do anything to stop next year's POA? If so, what is the best for use in fescue? Uh, rhizominus tall fescue, it depends. Uh, if, if it's for sure POA annua, yes. Uh, Prodiamine, Dimension, uh, Ethofumus, say, all of those are going to do a good job in preventing fescue. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that your your uh, dinitroalanines, your DNAs, like Prodiamine, Dimension, Pentamethylin, are not as effective as they used to be. Uh, but if you're in a cool season market where you're dealing with fescue, chances are they probably still are, and you can do that, and you'll be fine. The hard part is the timing of it. What's up, RBL Jackson? How are you, sir? Uh, ben Mon says, have a 20,000-square-foot 20, backyard of a weed-infested common Bermuda in Atlanta area. Put down pre with dimension a few weeks ago. How do I best thicken Bermuda this year? 
uh, easy fertilizer. Uh, putting it on an aggressive NPK program according to your soil test requirements will help it thicken up, no problem. Uh, I grew in, my backyard's about 25,000 square feet. I grew in, I don't know, 10, 15, 20,000 square foot of it uh, in a single season uh, to about 95%. And uh, so, yeah, it's easy. Just a just a good NPK program according to your um, uh, your soil test. Harsha Jaya uh, Wardena said, "I renovated and seeded with cool season grass last fall. It's coming up nicely. I'm cutting it at one inch. Is spring a good time to apply T-Nex to a young turf like mine?" Uh, Yes, if it's just now coming up, I would let it get a little maturity on it. If you've cut it twice, then you're good to go ahead and start uh, playing. Uh, Playground of Sound says, can you please shout out my brother? He loves your channel. His name is Nick Kerr. Uh, it shouldn't be an issue. Let me make sure it's not anything crazy uh, because Playground of Sound, I do not recognize your name. And I just, I just want to make sure this guy... Some sometimes you you look at this. Sometimes you 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 get the you get to look around. You get a request for this, and then you go to the channel and you're like, "Whoa, I should not do that." Um, I'm not I'm not finding. So big big shout out to Nick Kerr, my man. I appreciate you watching. How about them apples. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, Super TA says soil sample sh uh, soil sample showed uh, deficient in potassium. I bought Alpha Chemical ACSOP. I put down one times five pound bag down on a 1,250 square foot lawn. There was no app instructions. Not sure if I should put more. Uh, it depends on how low you were in potassium. Your soil test should show you how much deficient in potassium you are, and thus provide some sort of way to calculate how much potassium you should be putting down. If you put down five pounds on a 1,250 square foot yard, let's see. So you put down five pounds times uh, 0.5. So you put down two and a half pounds over 1,000 mm, divided by 1,250 um, to five. So roughly two pounds per thousand of actual K, it should be good, I, I guess, but I can't tell unless I'm actually looking at your soil test whether or not that's going to work. Uh, the Long Stripe says, been blowing my mind with the chemistry, looking to take free online chemistry classes, re-educate myself in chemistry. There is specific chemistry class that helped. Seems there's many types. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I never did really learn enough in chemistry in college to parlay over to this. Everything I learned, I had to teach myself, and that's why I screw it up so much. Because I think I know, but in reality, I don't know a dang thing. Uh, let's see. Thoughts on biochar? Well, I own uh, a fertilizer company that is premised on using biochar as a release mechanism. So I've done tons of videos on it, and I highly recommend you checking out uh, like an easy one that would kind of cover a little bit of everything in and between using bad uh, would be this one that I did on CRRP technology. Um, pretty, pretty simple stuff. And uh, the big thing is, is that uh, I would tell you right now, biochar can be risky if you do not know what you're doing with it. And anybody that tells you otherwise has never made a mistake with it and it will come. And in the event they do, they're going to start scratching their head and wondering what's wrong. And then maybe if they're an honest person, they'll admit 
it was actually the biochar that caused it. We started biochar trials seven, eight years ago, and uh, and the first four years of them was nothing but a disaster. So how about that? Any tips on? Uh, I would like. I would think he likes it since all of his products. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, any tips on how to deter dogs from preferring my lawn to relieve themselves? Seems I'm their favorite and I have no dog. Eric, no, I have no tips, man. That's that's beyond. I, I don't even know how to start about this. Uh, Paystarf is off, awesome. It's very good. Uh, Eric Kincaid applied Prodiamine 65WDG three days ago. I haven't been watered in yet. Rain coming Tuesday. Can I apply Carbon X tomorrow, or does the preem need to be watered in first? Uh, no, you can do it all in conjunction with one another. There's no reason to do one than the other on separate days. If you're doing a yard that day, just get it all done. Be done with it. Uh, Terry Finch, no, sir, you're the man. You're the man. That's all. Rick with Soil Samurai Gardens. What's up, dude, in Kansas City? I have about a dozen areas of my Kentucky bluegrass that are almost lime green bunching grass. Never seen this before. Any idea what it is and how to kill it? It's either Poa Annua or Poa Trivialis. How to kill it? If it is Poa Annua at the Fumisate, if it's Poa Trivialis, good luck. You're not. Um, if you were a grass type, which would you be? I'd be Zoysia, without a doubt. Terry Finch put down 818 last week. Got some rain. Forgot to pull probes for soil sampling beforehand. How long should I wait to pull soil samples? Probably six weeks, something like that. Uh, Nicholas Polio, what's the point where you jump from a skid sprayer to a permagrain? Left with a skid, life with a skid sprayer has been okay, but will a permagrain increase efficiency? Nicholas, my God, you have no idea what you're missing until you make the switch. Not only will your productivity, productivity go up, your mistakes will go down, your cancel rate will go down, you'll be happier at the end of the day, your family will like you more, you'll feel like doing more on the weekends, you'll be in less pain overall, you may gain a little weight, but that's to be expected, and you'll be generally a happier and more pleasurable person to be around. That's my take on it. Jay said, to build off the T-Nest question, you had an older video of pushing Bermuda with fur and growth regulator to have it thicken up. When can I take that approach on my Zorgia seed this summer? Uh, after you get a couple coats on, uh, cuts on it. After that, you'll be fine. You will not have any adverse effects hitting it. with the Well, you will, but as long as you get a couple cuts on it, you're good to go ahead and take that approach. I would try and get as much of it grown in as possible before, like I would wait until you're at least 90% coverage before you start doing that at least 90% coverage. And what you'll notice is that it's going to take a really long time to get to 90% coverage. And by the time you get there, you are maybe just then getting the first or second cut on it at about that time frame. It's not going to be growing up when it comes out of the ground. It's going to be growing laterally. Just saying. Dane Fuller said, leaf spot of Bermuda. Can I let it go until summer, or will it do actual damage to the lawn? It depends on what kind of leaf spot you're dealing with. What I would do is just fertilize it and grow it out and be done with it. Uh, Kyle Schaff said, any good alternatives to glyphosate for lawn renovation? I think Miramichi offers an Omri non-selective alternative, but I'm sure of its effectiveness. Thank you for your knowledge. I learned a lot from you. You're welcome, Kyle. Uh, no, so that's going to be a fatty acid that it is applied to it. So, um, it is a it is non-selective, but it's only going to burn the tops down. It's not actually going to offer any kind of systemic weed control. So if you wanted to make realistically sequential applications every week or every two weeks for uh, probably 8 to 10 to 12 weeks, then you probably could starve the majority of the plants. 
Um, so you just get ready to pull out your wallet. Is there really a good alternative to glyphosate? No, maybe glufosinate, but even then it is systemic, but it isn't quite as diverse on, um, on the label as, uh, as glyphosate. So unfortunately I would just stick with glyphosate and call it good. And if you're worried about glyphosate, send me an email and we can, I will, I will, I will give you some talking points to deal with the people that are telling you not to use glyphosate. Uh, Matt, when, when will Stress X be available? Pacific Northwest Lawns, I talked about it earlier in the show, uh, hopefully sooner than later. Uh, we are still uh, trying to get everything figured out with the um, uh, suppliers of sulfate of potash. Has not been easy or enjoyable. Uh, I lost a customer to the corona effect. I'm sorry, man, that's terrible. Advice on a particular brand of spreader, sprayer, permagreens, yeast spray, Toro, et cetera. Uh, I 100% without a doubt only recommend the permagreen. The reason why? Simplicity. There's no knobs or levers levers that you have to mess with. It's pretty much set it and forget it. Two, scalability. No matter who you end up hiring, you can put that person on a permagreen and they can take to it much faster than they can any of the other spreader sprayers because there are so many uh, different knobs and levers and stuff that are, are easy to play with. And so what happens is, is they may not know that if they turn this, it's going to cause that problem. And then they end up blowing a huge dead spot in the lawn. Third thing is that I can fix anything on a permagreen while I'm out in the field. Uh, any of the belts or, or parts, you know, miscellaneous parts like that, I can go to an AutoZone, get a replacement part, have it repaired no time. While it's still in my truck, I don't have to go back to the shop and do any work on it. Uh, I've heard of rhizomus, tough type, tall fescue. Could I apply it now or should I wait till the fall? I added uh, Anderson's 38.38% prodiamine three and a half weeks ago. I'm in southeast Michigan. I have a cool season mix now. Lots of K31. You cannot apply it now if you just put down 3.38% uh, prodiamine. It is not going to do. When in a brief explanation of using Pilex to kill Bermuda in cool season grass. Matthew, Matthew Shorefide, I have done tons of videos on Pilex. And uh, I will tell you exactly how I do my Pilex programs. Easy. Uh, at least three applications in the fall at one ounce per acre. Typically, I include uh, uh, Pilex. I include triclopyr ester. In the first applications, I remove it for the third application. The third application, I seed and spray the same day. What is the timing between the applications? It's not set in stone. I time it based on when I start to see green up taking place. When I see green beginning to emerge from, the, from it again, that's when I time my next application. You typically need to be checking on it every three to four days. It will take about two weeks for it to turn white. Once it does turn white, it may take anywhere from seven to 10 days to begin greening up again. Sometimes it may take 21 days. You never know. You need the time that when it begins greening up again, that's when you make your second application. Then when it comes to your third application, when you see it start to green up again, you have to seed and spray the same time on your third application. If you don't seed and spray at the same time on your third application, you're wasting your money. Don't attempt it. Uh, let's see. Uh, where am I? Where am I? Can the effects of humic acid on clay be seen the first season? Yeah, typically it'll be seen the first application, first two applications, and then after that it's not really offering any more benefit unless you're using humic acid as a chelator at that point. But in terms of flocculation, you'll get the effects out of the first, second application, and then after that you're not really providing any more benefit. Uh, Andy Kelly, do you have any more carbonated products on the way besides from StressX? Yes, lots, none that I'm going to talk about right now. Is there any issue with running four-speed as my three-way when temps are favorable? Absolutely not. It's a fantastic product. I love it. 
Uh, what kind of sand do you recommend for leveling? Is there types that are a big no-no? Uh, whatever's cheapest that I can easily get my hands on, I am good to go with and feel great about. How about them apples? All right, look, twofer, twofer. I've made it all the way to the end of the show again. I want to thank everybody for tuning in again. Wait, wait, how would you get rid of Poa, uh, Poa Trivialis in Kentucky Bluegrass? Glyphosate is your only option that is guaranteed to work. Even then, it's only 60% effective, so good luck. Been a to play a play a little dirty someday. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. I sure did have a ton of fun. I will be back next Sunday. I love each and every one of you. It takes to be a king. Be the song everybody want to sing. Bring harmony. Be the chosen one. Ain't nothing gonna stop this. Ain't nothing gonna stop this fire. All right, everybody. Please tune in tomorrow on TurfsUpRadio.com. I will be hosting the drive home from 4 to 6 p.m. If you're wondering how to check that out, it's real easy. Go to TurfsUpRadio.com, download the app, or tune in or go to the app store and have it there. Or you can ask Alexa to play it right there. Alexa, play Turfs Up Radio. <laughs> Sorry for everybody that's kind of going right there. Real easy to see. I'm posting a link right there. Thank you so much, each and everybody. Y'all have a fantastic evening. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. This fire, this fire. They told me I was never getting far, but those words couldn't take to heart. I knew the day will come, be the chosen one. Yeah. I never had a safe place to hide, run to the end of the tunnel to find a train on a shining sun to be the chosen one. Ain't nothing gonna stop this. Ain't nothing gonna stop this fire. I was born to be making history. Something greater, something higher. Ain't nothing gonna stop this fire. It's playing reality. I was born to be something greater, something higher. Ain't nothing gonna stop this fire.